I've missed that music. It's been a week since I've heard that music. Welcome back, everybody. This is Action Sports Jacks Overtime. We are back in the building after uh, taking a short hiatus on last Thursday. I'm Brian Middleton. One half of the dynamic duo, one half of the squad that brings you Action Sports Jacks Overtime twice a week, Monday and Thursday, every week. And you may notice that I'm the only voice you've heard so far in the first minute. And that's because Casey Kurtz, as you have probably heard multiple times on Action Sports Jacks with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane, has gone off and gotten married and is enjoying his newlywed status. Uh, Congrats to him on that. Him and Amanda, he said he found his forever ever. He found his rib, and he's going to need a couple of days off. And so he took them. Uh, Yeah, so congrats to him. So right now it's just going to be me, but I have an action-packed field show for the next hour. Definitely going to be talking a lot of local sports, uh, recapping some things with the college basketball tournament for the A-Sun, especially with JU and the success that they're having. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit of the NBA, what's going on there, the scoring sprees that have been happening over the weekend. Also, the NFL Combine, it wrapped up. I have an interview uh, with uh, one of my contacts that was at the Combine. Uh, Definitely a good back and forth. Stick around for that. And I have a whole lot more. Now, before I get into what I'm going to talk about, uh, I I did have an actual uh, whole monologue ready, man. I I wrote it up. I practiced it because I don't ad-lib as well as Casey does. Uh, But with the breaking news of Calvin Ridley, I have to adjust. I have to pivot. Because I think that this is going to be a more nuanced discussion the more we find out about this. The more we find out about what's happening with this situation. Now, Calvin Ridley, uh, you know he's a wide receiver out of Alabama, been in the league for a handful of years now. I think he was drafted in 2018. And he has been producing. uh, I believe in 2020 he made a a second-team All-Pro. And so he definitely has not been a scrub. This past season, though, he has been dealing with something that hasn't been fully disclosed, but it caused him to actually walk away from the team Um, in the sense that the team agreed that, you know, take some time away from, you know, the team, get your head together, get your mind right. That was back in November of 2021. And man, it's been a tough couple of months because we still don't quite know what the exact reasonings were for that. But now today, the news breaks that Calvin Ridley has been suspended for at least the 2022 season. At least. And it's for betting. Now, if you know anything about me, or if you have listened to Overtime with me and Casey, you know Casey, I call him the gambling aficionado. I don't know much about this. I've learned so much in the past year of just hanging around Casey uh, about betting and how that works and you know, over-unders and all those things. Um, So I'm speaking from not an expert point of view. But what I can say is this. First and foremost, 
this penalty, in my opinion, is a bit egregious. Calvin Ridley tweeted that he did bet and he knew that it was wrong. It goes against the NFL guidelines. He only bet $1,500. Now, here comes the rub. He did bet on his team. Here's where the nuance parts comes into it, though. He wasn't with the team at the time. So I just told you that he stepped away in November of 2021, and this is when these three bets were placed. He says that total uh, an amount of 1500 bucks. And so when he placed these bets, the NFL apparently has this program or they partnered up with um, some of these other businesses because they are, you know, so against it as far as their employees placing these bets. When he placed a bet here in the state of Florida, as a matter of fact, it got reported to the partner and the partner reported back to the NFL. And now you have this right here where he is suspended. Now, he's on a contract, I believe it's like three or four years for about $11 million. And I got to tell you, it's a crazy idea that I don't know what he can do to try to get with the Players Association, uh, try to fight this, see if there's any way that he can maybe keep some of his money or not lose out on some of his money. But I tell you what. It will be crazy to look back at this and see if this holds up as is. If he loses out on millions of dollars because he placed a bet, a handful of bets, totaling $1,500. Now, I don't know whether or not he won a loss on those either. Uh, that would be a, a double, uh, a double uh, bad situation if he lost those bets. And then he's getting suspended and he's losing out on that money. But as we continue to find out more about this situation, there are going to be a few things that I'm going to be interested in seeing. One, I want to see who else out there is going to get in trouble. Because you can't tell me that Calvin Ridley, wide receiver for the Atlanta Falcons, is the one player, let alone player, one person involved with playing, coaching, front office that is betting on games or betting in a, in a fantasy football situation or some type of situation where money is being exchanged. There's a, there's a bet being placed, whether it's a small amount of money or small in their idea, because $1,500 me, you know, that's a, that's six months rent. I kid, but it's going to be interesting to see whether or not there are going to be more people that are going to fall under this penalty because there are more people. Nobody can tell me differently. Calvin Ridley is not the one person in the NFL who placed a bet and I guess, quote unquote, got caught. So that's the first thing. I want to see what the fallout is going to be there because it feels like it may be a bit of Pandora's box. And then the next thing I want to see is uh, – the camp of people who are going to come at the NFL and point out potential hypocrisy. Uh, you have individuals in the NFL who are, who have broken rules. One of which is uh, Aaron Rodgers. It was something discussed on action sports Jacks. 
it was a point I believe Austin uh, brought up, but that Aaron Rodgers in his whole situation with being vaccinated, being immunized, I believe that's the word that he used, um, and it wasn't the actual vaccination that people thought, but he let people think that, and, and that was very muddy over there. But he really didn't catch any flack in the sense of losing out, losing out on uh, millions of dollars, uh, multiple game suspensions, uh, indefinite suspensions, and you know theoretically, that is just as bad, if not worse, um, with the deception level. Because one more point that was brought up is that Calvin Ridley has been open and honest about this, even though he was reported. So I don't know if he would have even thought about trying to be deceptive once the NFL presented whatever evidence that they got reported to them. But he was upfront about it. And he's upfront about it as far as we know what he shared about the $1,500 with the three bets. So it's going to be interesting to see how the NFL, who has, um, you know, moved the team to Las Vegas, which, you know, uh, that's the betting is that that is Las Vegas. That's one of the big things you think of, the casinos, uh, the sport books, all of those things involved with that particular culture of that city. Um, And now the NFL has lightened up their, you know, their, their touch, their grasp on, on betting in general with the sport. It's going to be very interesting to fall out with the coaches, the players, the front office people, whoever else is also participating in betting on other teams or maybe their team in general. And then also uh, how the NFL spends this to point out that, hey, we have it in our rule book that employees can't bet. Regardless of what we do, regardless of what you see us shaking hands and making partnership deals with all these other uh, actual sporting outlets, you can't do it. So that should be interesting to see. Anyway, that's my little diatribe about that. Um, I'm sure Casey will have something on that sooner or later when he comes back on Thursday as well. Can't wait to hear that. So uh, we're going to go to break right now. This is Action Sports Jack's Overtime. And when we come back, we will have an interview with James Coleman, who was at the NFL Combine, had a chance to talk to him about some of the players there, what he sees there, some of the, the players that made uh, their stock rise, and maybe some of the players that made their stocks drop, and also what the draft for the Jags may look like after these Combine performances. Stay tuned. You're listening to Action Sports Jags Overtime here on ESPN 690. A lot happening on the campus. Welcome back to Action Sports Jacks Overtime. I'm Brian Middleton. Like I said at the top of the show, Casey Kurtz is not here. He's somewhere being a newlywed. Uh, Congrats to him and Amanda. He'll be back in the building for Thursday's show. But right now, joining me for this next segment is former FSU Seminole, one half of the podcast of Sports Den, James Coleman. James, thanks for taking some time out to catch up with me about the NFL Combine, man. Hey, no problem. Anytime. Uh, before we really delve too much into the Combine, I want to take it over to the Jags really quick, get your opinion on a few things. So it's the second straight year, as we all know, that uh, the team has found their way into the number one overall pick. Not uh, what most people wanted to hear, especially after uh, the past couple of seasons, but as I've been hearing it, people have been in about three camps with this pick right now. Uh, either 
take an offensive tackle to protect Trevor Lawrence. That's one camp. Uh, another is uh, go with one of the D linemen uh, because there are a couple of big-time prospects out there that look like they're really going to uh, make an impact in the league. Or just try to trade out of the pick. Where do you think the Jags should go with this number one pick? Um, I think you should really just you should go in a situation that's going to make you immediately better. So what is that? It's uh, obviously it's an offensive lineman. Um, I don't think there's – I think this is a draft where it's um, the number one overall pick. It's a little bit overrated. Um, it's not – there, especially when you have your generational quarterback, but there is no – true generational talent here. The only thing you can do is hope that you can have leaks and you, that the Giants or somebody else falls in love uh, with the quarterback from out of Liberty, but you, and you can trade back. That would be my obvious choice. But really what you got to look at is, can we find somebody who can give us a 10-year starter? And that's really where your basis has to be on that. And where can you better get that there from the offensive tackle position, and there's a uh, there's two really good ones, really three. Um, you've got um, obviously Evan Neal uh, for the Alabama Crimson Tide. Everybody knows who he is. Um, very looked very good at the combine, um, especially uh, physically. But then there's a guy um, Icky. And I, I'm not even going to pretend to pronounce his last name, but he's from North Carolina State. Um, very physically imposing. Um, looks like he get he get, if he can't give it to you at left tackle you can actually bump him down to the guard position because he's physically that big and, um, and, and prepared and ready for those different things. So, and if you can trade back, you could get more draft capital. You can go potentially get a guy like Charles Cross, but I don't think you really go for the number one overall pick there. The reason why I wouldn't go with a defensive lineman or defensive end, per se, is because you, you can get some quality defensive linemen, defensive ends, at that um, second that second round pick, or even if you want to try to if you want to try to shift down to the third, there's just, there's a little bit more quality across the board for um, for guys who have potential to be contributors in the NFL. It's just not a guy that you can really find that could be again a ten year starter. I don't I don't subscribe to drafting a guy like Hutchinson um, after you know really what we saw against him going up against Georgia. I just I haven't seen the consistency um, when it comes to that, but you know where they really where they really need help is offensive tackle and, and a skill player, but in the wide receiver position. But you, there's also not a wide receiver that you're going to draft with the number one overall pick in this draft. There's a lot to unpack in there. First, Evan Neal or uh, Akeem Aquanu, which one would you go with? I'm gonna go with Icky, but that's my really? ACC bias. Oh, God. of course, man. I forgot about that. Okay. Um, yeah, he does look like he gets busy on the field. Saw some of his highlights. Seems to really be making a push uh, towards that top spot. You mentioned wide receivers really quick, and we'll talk about that in a few moments. But Amari Cooper may be cut from the Cowboys. Uh, do you see a scenario where the Jags should break open the bank and try to get him out here? I mean, one thing that the Jags have done – and for, for no, you know, I, I don't understand why, is, um, you know, they've been very frugal. And, you know, it's not like the old school cell phone plans where you can get rollover minutes. Like, it doesn't work like that. Like, you have a cap, and the teams that consistently win are good at managing the cap, 
but they're spending their money and their resources. And, 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 it, and teams like L.A. who have completely reinvented the way that, you know, we even play this salary cap game is they not only continue to push it, but they continue to sign high-profile free agents. And the NFL's acronym is not for long. So why would you sit here and consistently try to play the long game when you don't even know if you're going to be here, like an Urban Meyer for a year? So why not? You you have the money, and and you're going to have to overpay now even more because with the NFL making a lot of money, the salary cap is reflective upon what the owners made. So now these guys, now everybody's got a little bit more breathing room than they had before. So you lost your one unique um, advantage. So now you're going to you're going to be in a um, competition for an Amari Cooper, who's somebody that we talked about on the sports den. Um, I think it was our first year that we had it um, drafting over Dante Fowler. So why not bring him here? You need a number one, and then what he does is he enhances what you already what you already have. So. Uh, Amari Cooper with a Marvin Jones Jr. Now you can figure out if you want to keep DJ Chark or let him test, test the market, which he will um, command a hefty price. But if you've got Amari Cooper, um, uh, Amari Cooper, Marvin Jones Jr., and let's say you draft a um, a wide receiver in the second or third round, and which we've seen, there's a lot of guys who can fly um, in this draft. You get one of those guys, and now you actually have a receiver quarter that's pretty effective with a, a young quarterback that does not mind throwing the ball down the field. Yeah, I see what you're saying right there. Action Sports Jacks Overtime. I'm Brian Middleton, joined by James Coleman, former FSU Seminole. You just mentioned that there were a lot of wide receivers during the combine 40-yard dash that were flying eight sub-4-4 four, four guys, which is uh, the most in combine history. I believe I read that somewhere. But another group that really impressed me, the defensive linemen. Uh, Virginia Tech's Amari Barno, 6'5", 246 pounds, ran a 4.37. That uh, was mind-blowing. And then UGA's Jordan Davis, uh, the mountain of a man that he is, 341 pounds, ran a 4.78. My question to you, which one is more impressive? Jordan Davis is a, is an impress, is a very impressive um human being as uh, as me and my friends call he's a large you got to have large mammals and he's (laughs) a very large mammal but what's more impressive than his actual 40 is his overall explosiveness so the 41 is it's 40 to be able to move that fast that big is impressive in any way but his um vertical is extremely high i can't remember it off the top but he jumped 10 5 if i no excuse me 10 3 in the broad jump to be able to wow. propel that kind of size that far is um, is something to be said. And um, I think in the NFL where you don't have the up-tempo spread type offense that can that can um, kind of affect him, I think he's going to be a menace if he can actually if those attributes can match um, what we need from him in the NFL game and what he was able to play during most of the season, including the national championship, where they figured out how to. Um, slow down Alabama's offense. But, you know, he is probably the more intriguing pick to try to trade back for for teams. Or even, honestly, I'm not saying this will happen, but if I would not be upset if the Jags went in that direction. And here's why. We don't have, and we haven't had since Big John Henderson, 
a interior lineman that demanded the double teams. And, and, and this is a guy who's not quite Indomitian Sue-like, but this is a guy who can command that kind of respect um, that Indomitian Sue had when he was coming out of college, which when you do that, that makes your defensive ends that much better. So if you've got two interior tackles that are commanding double teams, now your two ends, or even if it's one end, whatever, but you got your ends are now going to get one-on-ones. And that's where your guys like Josh Allen flourished his rookie year when he was the guy who was a one-on-one. And um, I'm not even going to pretend to say the other kid's name from out of LSU, but I joke and say when he learns how to make a play, I'll learn how to say his name correctly. But maybe this will maybe this will help give um, um, Chaseon or whatever, give him the opportunities to live up to his um, first-round pick billing as well. Because I think one of the worst things that's happened with the Jags is not just the, is that you had the losing season, but you have yet to be able to capitalize consistently on any of your top picks in really the last five, uh, five to six years. They're either not here and they're flourishing on other teams, or they're really just on your roster waiting to be cut. You have no idea why they're here, or they're just wasting money. Yeah, I hear you on that. So we're going to wrap up with this right here, James. ESPN 690, the official station for your Florida State Seminoles football team. Uh, it was a struggle of a season, I'm sure, uh, that you said that multiple times in multiple ways. I do think that Mike Norvell maybe made some strides from the season before, uh, but one bright spot for sure, defensive end Jermaine Johnson, who was at the Combine. What do you like about him as a player? How do you see his game translating to the NFL? Well, one, he's able to give you – um, all the different things that you need from a from a from a defensive end. He's able to. He's very good against the run. He's got great hand placement. He's got moves to be able to make sure he gets to the quarterback and disrupts plays. And that's really what it comes down to um, when it comes to um, seeing defensive ends in today's game. Uh, we we talked about it with Unique Ngakwe with the Jaguars a few years ago, where he even when he wasn't getting sacks, he was leading the league in pressures. So can you force the quarterback to change his decision or throw an erratic, make an erratic throw, which helps your secondary? And that's what he does. But now that you've seen what he can actually possess when he trains, the explosiveness, a one-five-five in the ten in the ten-yard split is in crazy. Is crazy. That's what you want from an elite running back. But you've got that from a defensive end position with a guy who's in the who's two fifty, two sixty plus. On top of that, um, just the durability, and and you see that he's not a quitter. Um, he he did enter the transfer portal, but he was on a team with Georgia that was so deep that he wasn't cracking the rotation. But once he got his opportunity, he's able to show you that I'm potentially a top 15 pick, and and that's really what you. Those are the stories that you look for in the draft. That's what the combine is about. That's what all this stuff is about. It's finding the guys who are going to be great no matter what. To quote my mother who has this saying that's been embedded to me, you got to be so good that they don't deny that they can't deny you. And I think that's what you see with a Jermaine Johnson. Is Jermaine is really just out there. He's gritty, hard-nosed, came in and said, I'm going to show the world that I am worthy of this. And, and what better way to do it than the numbers he put up at Florida State and the numbers that he put up at the Combine. So good, so true. Uh, final thing, James, how can people hear more of your elite sport takes? Uh, you know, we, biggest, the biggest way is um, we have sportsdenlive.com 
or at Sports Den underscore live on any of your different social medias. Um, our, our, our show comes on Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, typically around um, the, the noonish the noonish time frame. Uh, we go in there, we talk about sports, we talk about life and the different things going on. Um, we used to be on we used to be on terrestrial radio, but we found a niche where we're at right now. But when it comes to college recruiting. Nobody's training people like Denny Thompson is training people or myself. And when it comes to um, playing the game, um, everybody can tell you how to do it, but they never lived it. So we're, we're showing you guys not only have done it, and we've lived it, and we're currently living it. So um, that other people don't have opportunity to speak. All right, James, thanks for taking some time for joining me. We are heading to a break right now, but when we come back, we're heading to the hardwood. My podcast brethren, Marcus Wilson, will talk a little association with your boy when we come back right here on Action Sports Jacks Overtime. Hey, man, we got the best music in Northeast Florida, man. I know it right now. That absolute best bump music. Action Sports Jacks Overtime. I'm Brian Middleton. Casey Kurtz is on vacation. Man, gotta let it, I had to let it sit for a little bit longer. So before we went to break, I did something in the business we call a tease. And uh, we'll talk about it right now. The NBA season is long, it's treacherous. Uh, but it's coming to an end, at least a regular season. We're about a month away from actually hitting the playoffs. And we have a lot of still unanswered questions and a lot of storylines that I want to talk about. And I wanted to bring somebody I know that I kind of respect their opinion on top of it would give a good back and forth for me for this next segment. My podcast brethren, Cousin Marcus is what they call him. I don't know anybody who calls him that, probably except his cousins. Marcus Wilson joins the show. Marcus, how you doing, sir? I'm good, Mr. Brian. How you doing? Yeah, I can't complain, man. I cannot complain, man. Um, NBA, that's my thing. I love it. I know that you like it too, man. I want to get your, uh, your opinion on a couple of uh, different areas, so we're going to jump all over the place. First up, though, we're, yes, heading up north. we're going to head up north to New York. Now, the mayor of New York lifted some of the restrictions from the pandemic mask requirements. So now people can go into restaurants and uh, entertainment uh, venues without their mask. I'm paraphrasing. There are a couple of caveats there, but for the most part, mm-hmm. which is big. That's huge. You know, uh, they're making yeah, progress up yeah. there uh, from what they see. But here's the deal. When I first heard that, I was like, "Uh uh-oh. Oh, uh uh-oh. I know what this means. Kyrie Irving, I've been waiting for him to be able to play at home and really be a factor. Mm -hmm. Uh, But there's actually a mandate, a private sector mandate, which I don't want to bore people too much with that. But basically, Mm -hmm. uh, if if you're working with the public... Uh, in a certain capacity and Kyrie fits in that actual category, then you have to still have proof of a vaccination so that leaves the Nets kind of in the same spot. 
What are your thoughts on that right now and what that means for Brooklyn? That's crazy. Um, Uncle Drew, we all, we all know him as Uncle Drew. We see the movie. Um, man, it's, it's, it's crazy that visiting players, that's the caveat. Right? Visiting players can come in and still play. It's, it's, it's only for the home team. So we're looking at it as, uh, of course, Ben Simmons is still going through uh, mental health. Um, and, and, and so you only have uh, Katie out there and Seth Curry um, and some of the supporting cast. And so Kyrie is kind of left up on the bench. Um, right now, they're at a seat where they're going into the play-in. So they may not, you know, of course they're going to be home some of those games. But, of course, they won't have, they won't have the home, the home um, court advantage. But, man, it, it just sucks, man, that you, you have to see Uncle Drew on the court. Now he's going to be able to actually sit on the bench with the team while they're playing. But he can't play. I read that as well. And so Adam Silver has come out with different comments about that. He doesn't understand it, and he hopes that they uh, review that mandate. Man, it's, it's, it's crazy. I didn't know that last part. That's a little bit of a gem right there. So sticking with Brooklyn. They played Boston over uh, the weekend, and your boy Jason Tatum got busy. Uh, Austin Lane, uh, one of the guys on Action Sports Jacks, big fan of uh, Jason Tatum. He got busy, 54 mm-hmm. points, and he he looked like he was going to score you know, every bit of it. He was he was a man uh, that, that game. KD had a great game mm-hmm. as well, by the way, coming off of an injury, still working himself yeah. back into, you know, KD form, which is right now, even though he's probably not 100% just being out for the injury, he's still better than, what, 99% of the the players in the NBA, but he had a great game as well, but Jason Tatum outstanding next level game, his fourth 50 point game in Celtics uh, in a Celtics uniform with Ty's Larry Bird, uh, that people have been jumping on that a whole lot. Uh, your thoughts on Jason Tatum and the Boston Celtics, who are probably the hottest team since the All-Star break. Yeah, yeah. So, first of all, man, Boston's a scrappy team, and they kind of prepared with another team we're going to talk about later um, down south. But, man, Jason Tatum got active. When I say he got active, he got active, man. It's like he called his takeover. Like, he playing 2K, he called his takeover, man. It couldn't stop him. And so... You kind of saw some of those things at Duke, but did you really think he was going to be that good, Brian? Like, did you really think he was going to be that good? No, but that's because I, I, I'm, I will admit it. I have a bias against Duke players. Like they, you know, like they're good, <laughs> like they're good, right? But they're never the the guy. In my in my opinion, yeah. uh, someone else may be like, uh, no, you can point to this guy, this guy, I'm like, but they're never the the flashy like the guy. Jason Tatum is that dude. Yeah, yeah. And, he, and he's trying to take that spirit of the Mamba, R.I.P. He's trying to take that spirit of the Mamba. He's trying to carry that. Of course, he was trained by Kobe um, a few summers ago before the tragic, um, tragic thing that happened, man. But look, his stats says that he's trying to turn it up. I mean, he's he's really scoring only about 21 points in his career. But this season, he's scoring 26.5. So he's trying to turn it up. He's trying to get Boston there. But the East, believe it or not, you got teams like Chicago, Miami. You got the Bucks and Giannis. It's cool, Paul. And that former, former MVP, you got teams in the East like that, man. It's going to be hard for them to be tough for the Celtics. Absolutely. And the other thing about Tatum, 24 years old, it blows my mind. I feel like Jason Tatum has been in the league for 15 years, at least 10 years. Right. At least eight years, right? And, and, and I mean, wow. He's only 24. 
technically, if we yeah. really want to get technical with things, he's probably not in his prime. I don't think he's in his Ooh. prime. I feel like it's another two or three years before he really realizes, like, where he's at the height of his, where he could be the height of his physical. And even though his, the mental aspect, he can continue to grow in that, as we've seen a lot of the greats do, you know, MJ, Kobe, uh, LeBron, you know, they get yeah. better with their mind, even when their physical kind of drops off as they get older. But he's right. in that, he's, he's not even at that point yet where his body is to where I think that it can be. And you, you put that with, he's been in the league, I, I don't know, I didn't look that up, for a long time. And he, it, it's scary what could potentially happen with him and Jalen Brown up there in Boston. But that being, yes, that being said, uh, are you worried for the Nets? Um, man, you know what? I kind of am. And I like KD. I, I'm, not, I'm not those guys that are okay with the snake and all that and, and, and all that. But, but my thing is, is the sort of mistake when it comes to Kyrie, um, Harden, going to the 76ers, that's another team in the East. Another team in the East. But the, who gets the sort in the state really is KD. KD coming back from injury, as we said previously. And you really can't stop him. You can't stop the Slim Reaper. You can't stop him. But the thing is, is that it's only him. And you got Seth Curry. Don't get it wrong. The boy can shoot. The Curry brothers can shoot. But after that, Joe Harris has trailed off. I mean, you don't have a lot of um, defense. Claxton does what he can to come in. But they don't really have a, a they aren't traded DeAndre Jordan to the Lakers or they let him go with the South Lakers. So they don't have a lot of big presence in the middle. Jerry Allen, he plays Cleveland, which is another team that's about to make the playoffs that no one's seen coming out of the field. So you have to kind of, if you feel for anybody, you should feel for KD. I mean, he left the Warriors <laughs> to go to New York. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's, um, I wonder if people are going to look back in time because I'm one of the few people, even though I was like, he had to go to Golden State. He had to go to 73 and 19. I was like, well, once you're there, I'm going to stay here. I mean, I'm here now. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go ahead and stack up six, seven, eight championships. Right. Because you, you want to know why? The, the kids, okay. listen, the kids 20 years from now ain't going to care about this, that I went to 73 and 19. Not if I got right. eight championships, another maybe another regular season MVP, four or five more uh, finals MVP. They ain't going to care about that. And the kids 40 years from now, surely all they're going to do is look at the numbers. Yeah. I, like So I, I get, I think I understand why he went to Brooklyn. I wouldn't have done it. I would have advised to stay your tail in the bay. Next thing, yeah. March, March 5th, 2022, just a couple of days ago, just two days ago. Let me read something for you, okay? Yeah. 39 minutes, 10 rebounds, 3 assists. Oh, here we go. 19 for 31 shooting. 56 points. Here we go. Listen, because I, I, cause we're running out of time. And I want to get to yeah. a few more things before we get out. Listen, he's, he's the greatest of all time. But I'm not, I'm not asking you about that right now because you feel differently and that's fine. Like, I'm not even yeah. jumping on you on your pick. He's the greatest of all time. Mm -hmm. He's the greatest that ever has touched a basketball. I don't care if they didn't make it into the league and they were a, a playground star or whatnot. Uh, I don't care if they were in the league and you can point at stuff that says that they're, you think that they're better than uh, LeBron, Ramon, James Sr. I don't care what you, what you think as far as the GOAT. He's the GOAT. Here is my mm -hmm. question. How can the Lakers survive 
if he has to put on this kind of performance to beat Golden State, who is the two seed, by the way, but they're struggling. They're two and seven, I think, in their last nine games. How can the Lakers survive even trying to get into a play-in for the playoffs if LeBron has to put up 56 points at age 37? Well, I'm going to wrap. I'm going to wrap that one and my team, Golden State, together. But really quick, Westbrook had 30. Melo had 14. Mm-hmm. Okay? So all combined together with just those three, that's 90 points. Mm-hmm. Okay? So when you look at it, you say, okay, can LeBron do that every night? He's not going to be able to do that. And to be honest with you, they're literally, the Pelicans are literally nipping at their heels right now. And they like the 10th like the seed. They like the ninth the 10th seed. So, I mean, right now they're looking at the Pelicans in the play-in. I mean, we all know Portland's not going to jump up another, another spot. So it could be the Lakers versus the Pelicans. AD could be on the court. We don't know if he's street clothes, just like Charles Parker said. So we don't know if he's going to play or not. But, I mean, looking at that team, that team is actually built for LeBron just to run around and do what he want to do. I mean, they got two bigs on the, they got two bigs on the team. They got street clothes, and they got the White Howard. That's it. There's no defenders on the team. They cut DeAndre Jordan. LeBron's the only other actual kind of like power forward-ish type forward. They got nothing else. So, to be honest with you, if they even, when they get to that, that playing game, if they even have a chance of winning, it's going to have to be on Anthony Davis. It's going to have to be street clothes. So you're just going to hold on to that. Now, Chuck got you uh, with that saying. Now, <laughs> AD is street close. Marcus, man, I got to cut it short right there because I'm running up uh, into a break, and I got to make sure I have enough time on this last segment, man. Thank you for joining me. We got to do this again. Uh, when we come back, when we come back, the Action Sports Jacks overtime. I'll put a bow on the show. I like when Brent says that. I'll put a bow on the show. And, uh, you know, we may talk a little uh, TPC Sawgrass, you know, getting outside my comfort zone. We'll see. Stay tuned. Action Sports Jacks Overtime here on ESPN 690. What's up, what's up, what's up, people? Action Sports Jacks Overtime. I'm Brian Middleton. Casey Kurtz is on vacation. That was a good segment. Marcus Wilson. I love talking to NBA. Always a good time. So we're in the final block right here. I want to give a few shout-outs real quick. First, I want to give a shout-out to Panavidra High uh, and uh, Andrew Jackson High School. Uh, the boys' basketball teams, they both got a berth into the championship game. They did not win it, but uh, it's a heck of a run for both of those squads this past season to be able to have really good records, beat a lot of good, talented teams, and get that close to winning a championship. So great job, guys. And also a shout-out to JU's men's basketball team. I know the women, they're winning. They've won their game. They're still in the A-Sun Conference cha- uh, Tournament as well. The men earned their bid into the championship game tomorrow. You can watch it on ESPN2, I think, starting at 5 p.m. They're playing Bellarmine University. But I want a quick final note. Like, this week... The golfing world will have all the eyes right here in our local area as the Players' Championship will be held at TPC Sawgrass. It's an amazing time, an amazing event. And as much as I'm a casual fan of golf and will 
Enjoy watching things all play out later on this week. A part of this championship in this week that will bring me that much more joy is that for the first time in three years, fan attendance will be at full capacity. It'll be packed, and I'm happy about it. Now, we as a society have had a lot of restrictions that have gone down over the past couple of years, and we all know why. And because of that, many sporting events, heck, many events in general have been reduced and shut down, only allowing limited numbers of people uh, in to see it live. And I got to tell you, in my opinion, it affected the feel of the game just a bit. Yes, the game, whether it's football, basketball, hockey, golf, whatever, is about those actually participating in it mostly. But the fans have their place in making it what it's supposed to be. The energy that you all bring, the tension waiting for a big shot on the 17th, the eerie silence right before someone tees off, and the cheers as one of the golfers realizes their goal of winning this championship at TPC Sawgrass on Sunday. Fans are important. You are important. So whether you're one of the many that will be out at Sawgrass for this event or if you'll just be catching up on some of the streaming services or maybe just on TV, don't take it for granted. Don't take the traffic for granted because there will be traffic. Don't take the heat or the inevitable lines that will form for granted either because if the past few years have taught us anything, it's that these things can be taken from us in a moment. And P.S., if you get a chance... To pick up some food at the event, go to the Silkies area out there. Trust me, Chef Kenny's food is different. No, I did not get paid an endorsement for this. I just had it for the first time a couple of weeks ago, and I'm telling you, it is a one. Make sure that you are on it. I promise you, you will not be disappointed. And so that's it for Action Sports Jack's Overtime. I hope that I did not bore you too much. I hope that you actually enjoy it. Um, we will be back again on Thursday. Again, Casey Kurtz will be back in actually tag-teaming this for me and making sure that uh, we're getting good coverage of all of the local sports, all of the national sports. Maybe the Jags have franchised somebody by then, and we can break it down more then. Until then, have a good night. We'll see you on Thursday. I want to eat a spicy chicken in my Tesla. Is it too much to ask?